Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Boxing Hall of Famer Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? Good, Ken. Um, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Because you're, you're doing, uh, the, the fans don't realize how much you sacrifice and um, how much you risk. Uh, because <laughs> your your wife can punch pretty good. And um, here you are on your birthday where you could be doing things that your wife has planned and you're doing a podcast uh, to accommodate me because I was supposed to be doing some filming on a television show um, tomorrow, which of course got postponed <laughs> after we uh, you were good enough to go through uh, the change and the uh, the negotiations with your wife. Uh, so anyway, we have to do it right. So here we go. Happy birthday, Ken. Okay? Happy birthday. Let's do a little <laughs> singing here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Ken. All right. Make a wish, Ken. Make a all wish. Right, all right, I did it. it. Out. Go ahead. All right, blow it out. Okay, all right, great. And, you know, I just want you to know, we didn't have room for 60 camp. Uh, oh, just, don't tell everyone. Just, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so we went, well, and we're not, as is known in the Atlas household, it's never simple with me. Um, also, last night I was doing tweeting, and... Who was I disturbing? I was disturbing our producer, Rob's beautiful <laughs> dinner with his fiancée, Marla, <laughs> whose birthday it was, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have two women looking to kill me. So here we go. Happy birthday, Marla. Happy birthday to Marla. Happy birthday, Marla. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm far away from you guys. So your beautiful fiancée and wife uh, cannot get their hands on me. And I will, I will think of a wish for Marla that Harvard and Rob have a great wedding and a long, long marriage. And less interruptions from Teddy Atlas. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It was, this was a good lesson for my kids because they, they, they had a little thing planned. We did it this morning. But I said to them, you have responsibilities in life that sometimes take precedence over some of your own activities and this is a good lesson sometimes we have to make a little bit of changes and show some flexibility and i'm happy to do it you've done it for me in the past no, and i'm sure there'll be issues with scheduling in the future and it's no big deal happy to do it no well it is a big deal it, it shows you that you're a decent person and that people care about each other and that they they do things for each other and um and you just said something very good which it's always a life lesson out there for our children for us too not just our children we we can learn too every day um but definitely life lessons out there to be taught uh through everyday doings and um may i dare everything comes in threes may i dare finish this up and then i'm gonna let you take full control of the the steering here with and I, I just have to. I mean, it's my own conscience, and I just have to do this the right way. But this, you know what this is here, Ken? Can I don't it? know if you can see it. Can you? Can you see it? No. Um, you gotta lift it up a little right. bit. I'm gonna. 
You know what uh, it is? A pie. Yeah. You know what kind of pie it is? Apple. No. Cherry. Nope. Blueberry. Let me have that dish there, please. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to take a nice big serving of humble pie. <laughs> because I was wrong once again. And I know those fans out there, some of them are so beautiful. Some of them are a little mean. And I know they're coming out. They're coming out in droves. They're coming out with, with razors. They're coming out with their fangs out. They're coming out to attack me. I was wrong again. I was wrong twice in a row. I was wrong with Masvidal. And I was wrong. I said it would be a, he would be in a fight. He wasn't in a fight. I was wrong. I was wrong with Ariola, And I apologize to him. Uh, I... Oh, my God. We'll talk about it more later, but I had to start with that. I was wrong. And when you're wrong, you have to admit you're wrong, and you have to eat humble pie. And you know what's... And, Ken, you know what's in apple pie? All the rocks and stones that the people that are looking for you to be wrong throw at you when you're wrong. And and you got to eat those rocks and stones. You, 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 you have to... Um, you have to, uh, I'm going to have to visit the dentist and probably get these caps replaced. But, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to do what you got to do. And um, we're always talking about accountability, transparency, and that's what we're about. We're transparent. We're accountable. I was wrong. I eat my humble pie to all you people out there with the stones, the rocks. Um, oh, uh, there's a piece of glass in there. <laughs> we got some. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got some vision. <laughs> we got a few vicious people out there. But it's okay because we got a lot of ones that are great. And um, listen, you're right. I was wrong. Uh, kudos to Ariola. He did something that you don't see done. He beat an opponent that you just don't see beat too often. Father Time. And, and all the punches that he's taken over the years, 40 years old, I was worried about his health. I was worried about him getting hurt. Uh, I, I said it. I went right out there. And listen, as my beautiful children reminded me, not that I need, it's nice for them to be on my side, but, you know, they reminded me that, uh, hey, when you, when you predict and you take chances and you don't sit in the middle of the fence and you go out there, which I do, this is going to happen sometimes, you know, it's, 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 it's going to happen. And of course, uh, what's going to get forgotten? Well, you know, it's, it's going to be forgotten a little bit. Uh, some of the things that you write about, you know, it's yesterday's news that I obviously was right with Paul beating Askren and, and Kanye going to beat Miocic and Poirier is going to beat Poirier, uh, was going to be able to beat McGregor. But listen, that's yesterday's news. It's all about what did you do? What did you do for me lately? <laughs> and lately, what did I do for you guys? I gave you, I gave you bad stuff. I gave you bad info. I was again, I was wrong. Um, I would we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the fight more. Uh, but I had to start with that. And, well, uh, one thing I'll say in your defense is. It's very hard to bet against a, uh, a, a former contender slash champion and, and someone of Ariola's pedigree because he can always get up for one big fight. And the thing it, made, it reminded me of was Nonito Donaire against Inouye. How I thought, I thought Donaire was going to get blown out of the water. And he went 
life and death to the final bell with uh, Inoue to everyone's amazement. That's and I a good point. Ariola summoned up all his experience and he came in in great shape. He looked awesome and he, and, and he fought like a champion. You Listen, know? Ken, there's another thing working there. You're right. But the difference here where I was so strong about what I said was I was worried about Ariola getting hurt Yeah, because he's taken so much punishment over the years. I've seen it. I've been there. I've watched it. And um, I even worked with him in the gym when we were doing a piece with him years ago when he was getting ready to fight Stavern, who he wound up getting stopped by. But always showed all the heart in the world, but always got hit a lot. And this time he boxed on the outside a little better. He preserved himself. But there was other thing going on. You know, normally it's just the, it's the two fighters, it's the purse, it's the title, it's the belt. But this was a title that they don't have a belt for. You know what the belt was? It's called the title for pride, for pride, for for proving people wrong, for, for also for ethnicity, ethnic pride, like a, a battle between two Mexican-Americans. Wow. That was, I, I forgot about that. I did. I really did. I, I, I did. I, because it was more than, again, <coughs> for some BS belt <coughs> that these sanctioning organizations create, you know, at the last minute, and they create too many of them. But this was real. This was about personal pride. And um, he said, he said, you know, I always wish that I had been the first Mexican-American world champion, and Ruiz was instead. This is my chance to get my little piece of it back. And you know what? He was, he was right. He did. And I forgot about the power of that. Shame on me. Shame on me. And, um, but, uh... There it is. Let's, let's do our show, baby. Uh, we've already started pretty good. Yeah, well, to avoid the all the um, arrows and rocks that will come your way, if we don't talk about some British fighting today, I, I honestly think someone is going to come and stab us. Um, the Brits do not want us to skip another one of their events, and they had a big one this weekend. Eddie Hearn did a great job. It was a good card, very entertaining. Um, headlined by Derek Chisora, Joseph Parker, um, Entertaining fight. Derek Chisora, to me, is always entertaining. He's uh, <laughs> He can be a big, intimidating guy. I like his personality. He's very, very funny. Um, he had Joseph Parker down in the first 10 seconds. Looked like it might not be Joseph Parker's night. Joseph Parker ends up getting a split decision victory. One of the judges had a lopsided scorecard that Derek Chisora was not happy with. Very close fight. Could have gone either way, I think. Um, in the end, like I said, split decision went to Joseph Parker, but I found the f fight to be very entertaining. What'd you think? No, you're on the button. Listen, first of all, kudos again. I'm giving a kudos when they deserve. Kudos to the 37-year-old warhorse Chisora. I mean, they talk about a guy that's got a lot of miles on his odometer, like I'm talking about with Ariola. Well, this guy is right in line with that. A lot of miles on his odometer and with nothing but tough fights, good fighters, top fighters. I mean, he's been in all kinds of battles. Uh, and not only not only does he still have the endurance to go for, but he's still got the fire, uh, the, the desire to win, the, the pride um, to, you know, to be something that, you know, most people were 
thinking about being when they were more like 27 instead of 37. And especially in this tough business, it can wear you out. It could get you to the point where some people are there to take paydays. Let's be honest. We're honest on this show. Not this guy. Not these guys. Uh, you know, Trezor is in there uh, doing what he does, yeah. his style. It's always a fighter. It's always about styles, boxing. Always about styles. Don't forget that. And always about geography. And... You know, for Parker, it was about the style of boxing on the outside. And for Trezor, only one style. You have to get inside. You have to bang to the body, body and head. See if you can land some looping shots, you know, over the guy's jab or as the guy's pulling back straight, uh, you know, and keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. So, like you're 27 instead of 37. Keep coming. Buddy McGurk, his trainer, was, was you know, it was kind of like riding a horse. I'm not, of course, I'm not being derogatory towards anyone, but that's what it was like it was like he was you know like you going to the whip down the stretch come on let's keep going now and even as you saw Trezora you know breathing heavy in a corner come on we gotta keep going come on a good job good job done by Buddy uh great job done by Trezora uh it was close I thought Parker probably had the edge uh I thought it was probably a fair decision split decision but really, really close. As you said, Trezoro scored that knockdown in the first seconds of the first round. Uh, why? You know, I'm, I'm sorry to tie the people just saying, oh, he, got, he landed a right hand. Yeah, we saw that. Why? Well, he landed it because I often talk about one of the no-nos in boxing. You don't lead with a left hook in front of a guy. Well, guess what? Parker was starting to lead with a left hook right in front of Trezora, opened up the door, opened up the window, and bang. That looping right hand got right in, crashed in, dropped him early in the fight. Um, it was won by Parker very close because Parker did the best with his geography the best he could. And so did Chisora. Parker had a little edge there where it was up to Parker to catch Chisora on the way in, take advantage of his aggression, sometimes reckless aggression, uh, counter him coming forward, use the jab, uh, look to time him, you know, right hands as he comes in sometimes with a fat left hook. And I'll tell you something. Both these guys showed great heart, great chins because especially Trezora. I thought Trezora was going to get dropped at some point, Ken, with a right hand because he's coming in. You know, it's kind of like the fastball against the bat. You're throwing a 100-mile-hour fastball and the bat's being swung. And guess what? That ball's going out of the park. And so here's this guy coming in 100 miles an hour and here's Parker saying, bang, bang, looking to slam home right hands as he's walking in and he catches him a couple of times and he, he eats it. Wow. I mean, really. I mean, he might have missed by just a little bit in some spots but still uh it was it was really something especially you as i said 37 years old uh you got to give him credit uh like i said parker for him the game plan catch him on the way in uh you know don't fight his fight catch him on the way in uh take advantage of him coming forward make him pay for real estate and and for Trezora, get in bang the freaking body put water in the basement go upstairs and downstairs and every once in a while time a right hand over his jab if he jabs from too close and catch him coming out or going out when he goes straight back uh catch him with a long right hand both of them did those things. They both did those things. Like I said, Parker probably a little better with the with the ownership of geography. I like the way he put combinations together uh, in spots. That's the best I've seen, Parker. I'll be honest with you. Some people, uh, for you, our brothers and sisters over there across the pond, we love you. Um, you know, 
Uh, that's the best I've seen Parker in some, certain spots, putting together those combinations. You know, three, four shots, nice short shots uh, as Trezora came in. He looked he looked pretty good in those spots. Uh, there was there was clinching, there was falling in spots uh, that it you know it got it got a little you know bogged down in those those spots. But but you you quickly forgot about that. You quickly forgot about that because these guys were going at it. They were going for it, and I applaud them both. And one other thing, there was something at stake there. What was at stake there? The crossroads fight. One guy was going to be a crossroad fighter. He was going to go and become the gatekeeper. No one wants to be the gatekeeper in this business, where you're the guy where the up-and-coming guy has to get passed to get through that gate. Yep. Uh, that, that was what the loser was going to be relegated to. The winner, he was going to go into the sweepstakes for one of those belts, you know, whichever one, Joshua Fury, who knows what the heck's going on. I, I'm confused. We'll I talk about that um, at the end. Yeah, who knows? But, but and, and listen, who knows what belt it'll be? They're creating a belt as we speak. <laughs> as we speak, they're they're making one. <laughs> it's coming out on a. It's coming out on a line right now. A new belt, but the winner, which is Parker, he's now in the sweepstakes for something for a belt, and uh, that's it. That's what that was about. Yeah, and congratulations to Katie Taylor on the undercard. She beat Natasha Jonas. Excellent fight. Super entertaining. All action. But on the, um, I had the pleasure. I had the pleasure of calling her fights in the Olympics. Some of her fights in the Olympics when I did the Olympics for NBC. Uh, I think it was the one in London. I don't remember, but I guess it was 2012. Yeah. If, I, if my memory Sounds serves right. me correct, yeah. But um, yeah, she she's a class she's a class act and a terrific fighter. Uh, she really is. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Hey guys, quick break to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, Privacy.com. Privacy.com lets you buy things online or send money using a virtual card instead of having to use your real credit cards or debit cards. It's an incredible service, honestly. I've had my credit card stolen multiple times or at least a number and just this past weekend it happened to my wife as well. So I've got her now signed up on privacy.com. We both use it exclusively. It's free to use. It allows you to track all your online purchases in one place. You even get 1% cash back on all purchases with the pro service. If you'd like to give it a try, head over to privacy.com slash atlas and you'll automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase if you sign up now. Again, head over to privacy.com slash atlas, A-T-L-A-S, to try this free service and get 5 bucks to spend on your first purchase when you sign up. Um, on the undercard of the uh, Ruiz-Ariola uh, fight, let's talk about some of the action in, uh, on the undercard. Sebastian Fundora against Jorge Cota. I've said it before on the show, I'm high on Sebastian Fundora. Uh, 6'6", 154 pounds. He looked good in spots against uh, Coda, stop, stopped him, but ultimately got hit a lot. He had his head up, coming straight back, a lot of recklessness. But, man, when he stepped back and, and created distance, he could let those hands go. They were coming. It seemed like his arms were so long. The punches were traveling so far. They had so much steam on them at the end, like, like hammers. What would you see in that one? Listen, I saw a tall guy like you do. Uh, then we we wondered, um, what's his identity going to be? And I'm still wondering because if he was tall, your identity probably should be, you know, control guys on the outside like Tommy Hearns did. Even though he fought well on the inside too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it's great to be able to do both. So the, again, very good. And he he proved Fondora proved. You know what? He he knows how to fight on the inside, even with those long arms. Sometimes that's a 
disability on the inside, you know, that that's a disadvantage on the inside for some guys. But he shot up his shots. He was able to use those long arms on the inside, get his head on the side, take care of defense in spots, uh, hide hide a little bit, get small when he had to get small. I, I was impressed with his inside fighting, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, that's part of the problem. I was impressed with his inside fighting because I want to be impressed by his outside fighting. If, if this guy's going to go where uh, his people think he's going to go and he thinks he's going to go and, you know, the fans think he's going to go, that the fans are his, uh, he's got to be impressive on the outside. That's where his physical assets are, you know, his God-given abilities, his God-given assets of, of like you just said, long arms and height. Uh, he's got to learn to use that uh, to an advantage because he's going to have an advantage in that area. He's not always going to have an advantage on the inside. But, but uh, you're going to have short-arm guys that are really good on the inside. They're going to be glad you're inside with them. They are. They're, they're going to be like a lion licking the chops when it's feeding time. They're going to say, oh, thank you. At least I got a good shot to do what I do over here. You know what I mean? I, I want to eat a little lunch. I haven't had lunch for a while. So, um, he's again, he's got to be, I think he's going to learn his identity he has to be on the outside. It's good that he can handle himself on the inside again. And the fans love it. Um, but it, ultimately, at the end of the day, if he's going to go to that high place, um, you know, to the top of the mountain, I believe he's got to fight on the outside. But listen, Riddick Bowe, when he won his title against Holyfield, he won it because he was a big, long guy, bigger than Holyfield. Everybody knew Holyfield's going to try to get in. Bowe's going to have the advantage on the outside. Nope. What did Bowe do? He went right into the Lions' den, and he fought on the inside and beat Holyfield on the inside. Hurt him with uppercuts. Uh, that's how he won the fight, because he was able, for a big guy, a long guy, he was able to fight on the inside. Some of it had to do with his amateur background, also a great trainer with Eddie Fudge, all of that. But he knew how to fight on the inside. That's what won the fight. But again, uh, you know, uh, you, you're gonna, you know, you, you're gonna make, you're gonna make, you're gonna make your money on the outside if that's if that's your assets. At, at the end of the day, you have opportunities to do it on the inside, like Riddick Bolt did, and it, it it served them very well, perfectly to win the title. Uh, Thank goodness he was able to do that as far as his people are concerned uh, so he could beat Holyfield and get that first title. But again, uh, you, you got to know what your identity is. Uh, you got to know where your bread's buttered. Uh, you got to know, you know, for the most part, where you, where you should be uh, making hay. And I think that, uh, that Fandora needs to be making hay on the outside more. And But what I did like, what I did like was that he got tested finally. He got tested by a guy, uh, good, and we, we, we put it all out there. You know, he, he got tested by a guy who has been stopped uh, with, when he's fought top fighters. He has. But on this particular, and he got stopped again, of course. But on this particular night, I'm telling you, Coda, Coda was what you would want a guy to be when he's going to test a guy, a, a guy that you don't know about. Uh, he was tough. He was resilient. He was relentless, determined, all that stuff. And he tested him. He did. He, he tested Fondor. We wanted to see. I wanted to see him tested. I wanted to see what would happen when he hit a guy and the guy hit him back. Uh, how would he behave? And when he did it again, the guy did it again. How would he behave? Would he start to wilt? Would he start to evaporate? Like I talk about sometimes a puddle on a 95-degree summer day evaporates uh, right in front of you. No, he didn't evaporate. But here's the here here's the rub. Here's the rub. 
Ken, that I got a problem. I asked Rob to put this up, to put the um, replay up. That fight should have been stopped when it was stopped. You know, Coda, I really, there's something wrong there. It's, it's got a bad look to it, Ken, where it gets stopped. Coda was taking some good shots, but he was taking them. But he was taking some good shots, no doubt about it. You got to look out for the fighter. But then he goes and he lands a big left hand in the round that he gets stopped. And at the moment that he lands a big left hand, and you, you, you set it up really, Ken. You said sometimes he was standing too tall. Yes, you get in close to a guy that's tall. All of a sudden, the advantage of being tall on the outside can be a disadvantage inside because now it's like a skyscraper. There's a lot of windows to break, as I used to always say on ESPN when I was calling the fights. And sure enough, Fondoro looked to break a window. All of a sudden, uh, Coda looked to break a window. All of a sudden, you got Fondoro standing straight up. And what does Coda do, Ken? He lands a nice bang, a left hand right on the right on the kisser, right on the chin, and the referee steps in. Somebody's got to explain to me why he wasn't. He was looking the wrong way. I don't want to hear it. He's a ref. He's paid to look the right way. I don't want to <laughs> hear it. I don't want to hear it. Good point. And uh, yeah, so. Um, that that was very curious. That was very curious. There was a lot of booing that went on. And I don't blame those fans for booing. Because I would have booed too if I was there. I booed for my TV. I don't know if they can hear me. But I was booing for my TV uh, as I was eating humble pie. You know, in between that. <laughs> I, I, was, I was doing a little booing. And uh, really, it, it, it gave the look like almost like the referees protected him. Like, like this is becoming too much of a test. And you know what? I, I'm going to get him out of Dodge while, while he still don't have bullet holes in him. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get him out of here. And uh, listen, I'm not saying that's what it was, of course. But I'm just saying it's got a bad look to it. And that's the problem. That's why, that's why people are, are sick and tired of the bad decisions about sometimes the inappropriate action by by the so-called executives or the so-called um, administrators administrators of, of the sport. They're, they're tired of their behavior or their lack of behavior. They're tired of it. I mean, I want to see, you're never going to see it, but what do we pay these commissioners for? I don't know. But really, we're paying them with tax dollars in a lot of cases. But why, what are we paying them for if they can't commission? In other words, after something like that or after a bad decision, why don't you call the ref or call the judges into your office Monday morning, sit down, watch the fight, and make them explain to you what were you doing? I'd love to see a commissioner act like a commissioner. They never do. But I'd love to see one act like a commissioner, really, and say, hey, ref, you got to be in my office Monday. I want to understand why when, when, the, when the guy lands a good punch, why you stop the fight. Because maybe I have to put out a memo that it's dangerous to land punches. Maybe I got to put out a, a new memo in boxing that, listen, be careful you don't land a clean punch because the fight might get stopped on you. So be a little careful there. Really, I, I, I want it explained to me. So that was my problem. I would have loved to see that go on. Because I think Coda took the worst of it that round. All of a sudden, he landed a shot. I wanted to see what would happen if he started, if he started to turn it around a little bit. And now, after all those shots he took and he ate, all of a sudden, here's the untested Fondora. And listen, he he behaved well. I give him credit for that. But at that point, I would have loved to see how he behaved from that moment on. I would have loved to see Coda hit somewhere. And now, now what? Now what are you gonna do? You already spent some of your petrol in the fuel tank. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? 
Are you going to do what the great ones do, what the future great ones or the future champions do? I would have loved to have a chance to have seen that, and that chance was taken away by the referee stepping in there too fast. Also on the undercard of... Um of Chiso of um, Ruiz and Ariola, we had Omar Figueroa against Abel Ramos. Abel Ramos looked fantastic. Uh, Figueroa, very unorthodox style, uh, stops him in the sixth round. He can't answer the bell in the seventh. He was all banged up. Um, pretty one-sided affair there. What'd you think? I thought it was an example of a guy who's well taught. Um, with a guy who wasn't real well taught. I'm sorry if that's going to ruffle some people's feathers. You know, you might have to eat some of this pie too. Do I have any left? Uh, <laughs> any of that humble pie? I might have to. Sp I might have to hand some of that out to other people. They might have to eat it too. <laughs> you know, because you know what? You don't do your job. You don't teach a fighter right the proper techniques, the the proper methods. Guess what? Um, it's going to show. It's going to show when you fight better fighters. Figueroa was fighting, you know, like most guys, was being handed the guys he was being handed <laughs> that he could handle no matter what he did as long as he was throwing punches. Now those days are gone. Now he's fighting these kind of guys. And right away, the disparity, the, the difference between a well-taught guy, a solidly well-taught guy, and a guy who's just throwing punches, a guy who's game, moving his head here and here, herky-jerky, but... But no, no real rhyme or reason. You know, he's trying to get away, hoping to get. But no real rhyme or reason. Like if I do this, I could do this. Just, just kind of like, kind of like one guy is spray painting, and the other guy has got a brush and is painting bold, strong strokes, and you know exactly what that painting's going to be. And the other guy is spray paint all over the place. That's kind of what it was like. And at the end of the day, if I'm going to use that analogy and stick to it, Ramos, he painted a Mona Lisa. Uh, he, was, he was throwing significant, well-placed, well-timed, smart punches to the body and to the head, not wasting a damn thing. And he was calculating, methodical, he was he was like a machine the when the way he was taking advantage of the reckless aggression of Figueroa just filling holes you know every time Figueroa would throw one of those wide shots he would just fill a hole with an uppercut to the body a left hook a straight right hand whatever it was i mean it was magnificent it really was it was a boxing clinic of how to counterpunch how to be a real pro how to be solid in areas i talk about all the time and so you had one guy just chucking leather, really, game guy, I don't take it away from him, but there's a lot of game guys out there, uh, but he's chucking leather, and, and you got one guy throwing, not chucking, throwing specific, well-organized, well-planned, well-targeted punches to specific areas, wow, it was, it was no contest. It was just a beatdown. You just watched them methodically beat them down. And listen, guys, you know, I got pride too a little. You know, I got pride too, so I have to throw. I'm sorry. I got to throw in there a little bit. I got that one right. I <laughs> tweeted. Yeah, I, I tweeted. I tweeted like two rounds before that that if, if this keeps up, if Ramos starts to go to the body now, he's going to stop Figueroa. And bang, little water in the basement two rounds later. And... um. 
you know, it still doesn't help me. I still was so bad uh, with my <laughs> other pick, but but at least it, I I got you know I got a little a little oxygen, a little oxygen in the tanks uh, to continue on for the rest of the night. But um, that's what I saw. Very impressed. Very impressed by uh, by Ramos. I want to see more. I want to see more and more of that guy, and uh, the teaching. The teaching, the difference of teaching, the lack of teaching, it was all on display. Well, that brings us to the main event. Andy Ruiz gets the decision over um, Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola, to your point, shocked us all by going the distance, not only going the distance, but bringing the fight to Andy. Had him down in the second round, looked good in spots. Um, congratulations to chris for a great performance at that age and uh andy ruiz the train keeps rolling curious to see what's next for him it was his first win in over two years um yeah curious to see where he goes from here and um who he faces next but i know we discussed that a little but what were your thoughts on the actual fight listen uh yeah uh, terrific i mean again you don't very few people go and beat father time very few people. They lose that match every time. And, uh, you know, he, he he won this time. And they had a plan. Him and his trainer had a plan. Uh, don't get hit as much as you usually do. That's not a bad plan usually. Uh, he he took advantage of some of his physical assets. You know, he was taller, bigger, longer. So he stood on the outside, used his jab, and he let Ruiz do something he's really not comfortable doing. Ruiz... Ruiz is really naturally, his instincts can, and I said this when he had come to me and asked me, you know, what was it, over a year ago already, about possibly training him when he was, after he got, you know, after he lost the second fight, the rematch uh, to uh, to Joshua, and he he wound up with a tremendous trainer, so, you know, he, he's in the right place, uh, you know, with... with um, Eddie Reynoso. Eddie Reynoso, who also has Canelo and does... So they do a great job, and they're classy people too. Yeah. But the first thing I noticed when I was being asked by him about the possibility of if I would work with him, he's he's got the natural instincts of a counterpuncher, and if he's gonna if if he's gonna fight all styles and all kinds of guys like like Joshua that night that moved on him and didn't cooperate with the counterpunching where he just came at him or where he just gave him something to counter, um, you got to learn how to create your own offense on the front end the back end is the counterpunch and the front end is you know you got to create it you got to be aggressive you got to find a way to do it and do it without leaving yourself open and you know that's that's what he was forced to do uh, a little bit more uh, later on in the fight he he was able to get into a better rhythm but at first you know he was he was looking to come in uh looking probably over over uh, underestimated Ariola the way I did. I, I bet you he did a little bit. We're human. Fighters are human. You know, thinking that he's going to catch him, go go get him. You know, put some put some coal in the furnace. You know, get get the get the flame going, and then you know, disintegrate this guy. You know, and um, so he was going after. Him, but again, he he uh, he walked into right hands because. The one thing when you're old, it doesn't go is your power. George Foreman proved that. Ariola could always punch, big, strong guy, uh, punch good with the right hand and 
particular. And so he stayed on the, they had the right fight plan, stay on the outside, use your jab, let her, let Ruiz do some of your work for you. And early on, maybe he'll be a little rusty because, you know, he hasn't fought since that fight uh, when he lost the title. Uh, it's been a long time. So, you know, get him to walk into something, get him to cooperate, get him to help you with your, as I said, uh, with your offense, where you could just use the jab and then, you know, set the table to the left, as I always say, and eat with the right hand. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, he walked him into a right hand. He caught him coming in, uh, hurt him, hurt him badly, and then hurt him a second time. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I was confused by the TV judge they had because one of those rounds where he got hurt a second time, uh, when they showed his card, he gave it to Ruiz. I was like, what? Uh, I, know I'm, I know I'm having a bad night, but man, I, I think I saw that uh, who won that round. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you start to doubt yourself, you know, Ken? When you have a bad night and you pick the wrong guy, you start to think everything you're doing is wrong. Wait, wait a minute, did I... <laughs> Uh, I, I just saw the guy get staggered a second time and they're giving the round to rule like like uh, i can't trust myself uh, do i know what i'm looking at do i know what i'm watching anymore so anyway he he hurt ruiz badly a couple times and ruiz showed a great chin great heart as he did with joshua when he got off the floor um really a great chin he really did he got caught really clean shots um and you know he got himself back together uh, again, I think he was caught a little bit by surprise early, and I think that it was a combination of Ruiz getting caught by surprise of what Ariel was able to do and prepared to do early, and I think it was a combination of that and Ariola being ready. Ariola dropping weight just like Ruiz did, being in great shape for, for the two of them. They both got in better shape than they've been sometimes in their careers. And their bodies got better. Listen, they're not not—they're still not going to be doing ads for Jenny Craig, okay? <laughs> the, uh, that's, again, we let's get that clear. You know, they're, they're still not doing that. Um, but but for, for them, look, genetics are part of it too. They probably at this point in their lives quite frankly, after where they've been and everything else, and their genetics, they're, you know, they're, they're never going to look like they came out of uh, Jack LaLanne's health spa <laughs> for like four months. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, that's not going to happen. But they were in better shape. Give them credit. And they needed to be, especially Ruiz. He needed to be. And um, so I think, like I said, I think Ariola had the right fight plan. Uh, stay on the outside. Uh, try to try to catch Ruiz coming. Uh, sure enough, he caught him coming. Hurt him a couple times. Uh, Ruiz, though, you know, got it going. You know, the funny thing at the end of the day, if you want my professional analysis of this, it would be this. The thing that saved Ariola probably cost him from winning the fight. What do you mean? What do you mean, Teddy? Well, I'll tell you what I mean. Um, he was more reserved. He was more conservative. He was more patient. He was more careful. He was, he was more careful and more responsible defensively than he usually is. And, and he was taking his time, where normally he would just open up when he heard a guy, or even before he heard a guy, he would open up with everything, you know. But no, he was being, he was being much, much more thoughtful in those ways. And that's what led to him landing that nice right hand. But then once he did it, Ken, he probably could have used a little of the old Ariola to finish the job. Yep. And he might have been able to. I'm not saying he would have. 
because Ruiz showed a great chin and a great heart, but but he might have. And but the funny thing was, he was already into that. He was already dedicated to that plan, and he stuck to it. I give him credit for it because he was gonna he was gonna be there for the distance. He was gonna be there for the night. But part of that that allowed him to survive, allowed him to have, allowed him to make me eat humble pie, quite frankly, and look like an idiot. Um, part of that was because of his preparation, his mindset that he was going to be more, he was going to be more deliberate. And, but once he heard him being more deliberate, hurt him because then he wasn't the old areola would have just, you know, uh, put caution to the wind and, ah, nah, nah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and you know, and, and might've got rid of him yep. or might've, or might have got caught, but might have got rid of him when he had him hurt right there. But at the end of the day, he stuck to his fight plan. Uh, he had a fight plan. Him and his trainer, they did a good job. Uh, listen, a lot of people can answer. I try to, doing my job from this seat, I try to answer all the questions that you, the fans out there, might be asking. So some of you, I can just hear it. Some of you are saying, Teddy, was it, was it Ariola or was it a combination of Ruiz doing things wrong or what? It's always both. It's always both. Ruiz still is an unfinished project. You know, he still, it, it shows. He still has things to get better. He, he still has, uh, the way he fought there, he'd have trouble with Fury. He'd have, we already know about the Joshua story, but he'd have trouble with Fury because Fury's got the legs, he's got the size, he's got the reach to keep him on the outside and not give him anything to counter. And then do what? Make him walk through a bad neighborhood. And if he walks through the bad neighborhood the way he did uh, Saturday night, well, you know, he might get mugged. <laughs> he might get mugged. He might get mugged by Fury. So, so it would tend to bode better for him to get a rematch with Joshua, I would think, uh, and than, than Fury right now. But again... Eddie who does a great job. They, they still have work to do. They still, there were spots there where he threw the jab from the wrong distance. You know, if you look at the Ruiz papers, remember I put those Ruiz papers up yep, there when I, of course. I, had, I was, I was going to send them to Ruiz when I thought I was going to possibly meet with him at least and decide if, if I was going to go forward, if we were going to go forward. But in some of those papers, I, I talk about that, where if you're going to, if you're going to correct things, one of them is you're jabbing from the wrong distance, you could get countered with the right hand. He got countered with the right hand. Um, he did that. Another one where he got caught was he would move after his punch. Like I heard one of the announcers saying, you know, he's taking pictures or, or he's posing after he punched. The truth was I saw him moving pretty – they're probably right. He probably did a couple of times. But I saw him moving after his last punch pretty good. Bop, 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 move and move. The problem was after he moved after his last punch, he came back to the middle to punch again. And when he came back to the middle, still at that range, he got nailed. Why? Because Ario had the edge of, of height, the edge of distance, so he was able to be on the outside when he came back in the middle. Ario had the edge where he's outside. Boom, he could pot shot him. Because because he's it's kind of like if you were fighting a guy and you're on the hill, and the other guy got to go up the hill. You got an advantage because before he gets up the hill, you could hit him with rocks or whatever the heck. Like the same things that these fans are throwing at me. You know the <laughs> same kind of things. You could you you know the rocks or the the bottles the 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 branches. Yeah, you, you know whatever. You can you can hit the guy on the way up. 
He's got to get up there before he can hit you. Well, it's kind of like that with a taller guy. You have Ariola a little bit on the outside. He can hit you before you can hit him if he's disciplined enough to keep his range and understand that realm. And he and so that's what I saw. At the end of the day, I want to say again, I want to say congratulations, Chris. You made me wrong. I I I was. Uh, I'm glad that you won. Uh, I, I'm not against Ruiz in any way, but I'm happy you won. You know, Ruiz is, uh, you didn't win, but you won. Uh, isn't that funny? Isn't that kind of, isn't that telling right there what I just did? I actually, in my mind, thought Ariel won well, because he, because in many ways he did. Not just because he proved me wrong, but he proved a lot of people wrong. And, and he proved himself right. He proved himself right. And that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Um, so I'm I'm happy for you. They're, they're both decent guys. I'm happy for Chris. Uh, I really am. Uh, I know that I said that you should retire. Listen, I, I, I'm still... You beat Father Time once. I don't know about the rematch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Father Time Father Time is pretty good in rematches. Um, I, I would still say... God bless you. Be careful. That's all. Um, uh, you, you've still been in a lot of tough fights. You, you, you made me wrong. You pushed back the hands of time. Uh, you were terrific, Chris. You, you, and you deserve everything you're going to get. You're probably going to get another payday. You're gonna, you deserve everything uh, that you're going to get. I, I just, um, it doesn't mean that I, I'm still not concerned with anybody who's been in this business. I know, I know that the difficulties of this business that you lose part of yourself every time you go in the ring. Um, and I know that Ariel has been in so many tough fights. Uh, I would still be concerned uh, that that hasn't changed, but uh, I'm glad you made me wrong. Uh, I'm, 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 I really am. And uh, you, you deserve whatever comes. Just be careful. And um, I know that uh, Ariola used some unfortunate language again we touch on everything here and at the end and you know what i don't condone it nobody does either does chris um and and it's unfortunate because some people are gonna be left with the thought that that don't know chris the way i do that that's him that's a reflection of who he is what he no it's not Believe me, it's really not. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, he can he can be like all of us can be, you know, a little rough with uh, the way we say things. Uh, but he's a guy that has a lot of pride. Uh, he's a guy that's obviously a, a, a warrior. Uh, and he's a guy that's passionate about what he does. And when you put everything on the line the way he did, and with everything I talked about, actually being afraid for his 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 health. No different than people were afraid of Muhammad Ali's health. You know, some people say, oh, Teddy, why were you afraid? Hey, dopey. The, it's a tough business, dopey. And, and you can get hurt, dopey. And and you know what? He's been in a lot of tough fights. And yeah, I, I, I was concerned. Uh, I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that he's okay. And I'm glad that he proved me wrong. But a lot of people were also concerned when Ali was fighting Foreman. They, they were concerned that he could get hurt. And, of course, Ali proved them wrong. But that didn't mean that they weren't right, that he had diminished in some of his skill levels, that down the road, if he went on too long, that more that damage could 
could occur. And it did. It did occur uh, down the road. He, he pulled off the impossible, Ali. He was Ali. He pulled off the impossible. People thought he could figure get killed that night. And then he goes and he knocks out Foreman, uh, undefeated Foreman, a monster Foreman, uh, the boogeyman Foreman, you know. But then he went on and, and, he, and that rope of dope, you know, worked that one night. But it, it had its, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it had its, um, it had its drawbacks on him. It had its, it, it had its, you know, uh, penalties, uh, if you will, or, or you know, uh, it, it didn't serve him down the road because as he took more punishment, he there was damage. And I say the same thing for Chris. That's all. I'm not his father. I'm not his protector. I'm just saying that uh, down the road. You, you did it one night like Ali did it. Uh, you did it one night. You didn't win it the way Ali did, but you won in many ways. Uh, you're going to earn another fight from it. Uh, but just just be aware that, you know, the difficulties of this sport, it's not just one night. Uh, it can be other nights after that. And, and I'm always concerned about that. And as I was saying, he was, Ariola was so upset by the judges uh, the judges to have those scores. Ariola, I thought down the stretch, uh, Ruiz got into his rhythm and was able to, you know, take those rounds, a lot of those rounds. But m- most of them were close. Some of them were very close, very close. And I thought what separated was that he was starting to create his own offense, right hand to the body, left hook to the head. I actually thought he had a chance to maybe even drop Ariola with a left hook, not a right hand, a left hook. I was actually thinking that, actually. I think I tweeted it, that he might have a chance to do that, uh, setting it up with the right hand and coming back with the left hook. But um, he was he was doing pretty good work, Ruiz, being smart, creating offense. and But those early rounds, and uh, he... He won Ariola. He won. He put him in a bank. He hurt him. You know, he had that. He had the uh, the ten eight round where he dropped him. Uh, you know, and and you have to give him some of those later rounds where they were close enough, close enough to either give him or maybe possibly make it an even round. The bottom line is, those scores were not indicative of that fight. They shouldn't have been that much of a disparity with those scores. And I thought it was wrong. And again, I go back to what do we got commissioners for? If you can't call in the judges to your office on Monday and say, hey, hey, knucklehead, come over here. Uh, explain to me why you had a fight that, that I thought was more competitive than that, how you had it 118 to whatever the freak you had it or whatever the hell those score. Explain that to me. Come on, we're going to watch it. Explain it to me. And if you don't give me the right explanation, guess what? You'll be watching fights again, but not, not from that seat. Not from that seat and not with a pencil in your hand. Okay? So, Ariola was upset. And again, it was unfortunate the language he used. Um, but he was, that was frustration. That was anger. Uh, the same anger and frustration I've had over the years about some of these judges' scorecards. And that many fighters feel. They're not always in a position to express it. Uh, Ariola was, or they're not always prone to express. Ariola was prone to express it the way he did. But again, that was anger. That was frustration of years, anger of seeing how these judges treat fighters. Such a dangerous sport, and 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 you, you you can be so frivolous with your scores and with the way that you score. 
uh, your competence level or your lack of competence level or your lack of integrity, whatever it is. So I understand why he why he blurted out like that. It, I don't condone it, but I just I know he don't need me to protect him. But I just want to say to people that don't know Ariola that that is not representative of what he is as as really as a man as a husband as a father um that's not it really isn't he lost himself i know there were people there that gonna hear that language and they they shouldn't have had to hear it but um i just want to say that that i uh, again no excuse but a lot of frustration a lot of anger uh you know he was pent up uh at that moment inside of him when when all that came out he he's better than that is what i'm saying really uh as a human being because a lot of people say teddy you 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 said last week too that he's a good person he's and then he acts that way well i'm just telling you that sometimes we we do things that are not consistent with what we really really truly are yeah very good. Let's talk about the UFC fight night. Dominic Reyes, Yuri Prohaka, uh, under, start with the undercard. Let's talk about Sean Strickland and uh, Christoph Jotko. Um, Strickland gets the unanimous decision victory there. Um, I know you had some thoughts on this one. Um, what'd you see and what'd you like in that one? Strickland, you know, he's that fighter, that striker who never, ever wastes anything. You know, like I say sometimes, your grandmother would have loved him because, you know, he eats everything on the plate. You know what I mean? Nothing gets wasted. He don't, he don't throw out the broccoli. He don't throw out the vegetables, the carrots. You know, he, he eats everything. Strickland is that guy. He's that fighter. Um, he, he only throws when he's in position to land something, and then he usually does land. Uh, he's very accurate, solid uh, when he throws a punch. He remind, the fight reminded me a little bit of years ago, Julio Chavez, uh, the great Julio Chavez against uh, Meldrick Taylor, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh, world champion, tough Philadelphia fighter. Uh, here's a guy that retired. Uh, again, we tell the truth. I, I don't know. I mean, I tell what I believe in. Sometimes it just comes. Meldrick Taylor fought too long, okay? He's not in great shape. All right, some people out there, you know, well, I'm telling you, that's part of what goes behind me when I talk about the areolas and, you know, where I'm concerned about them going too long, you know, that's, that's what's behind it. Meldrick Taylor is not in good shape. Um, game guy, world champion, fast hands, uh, Philadelphia fighter, really, really great, but um, he took too many punches, and, uh, but, and now he's not in great shape, and uh, he went on a little too long. But his 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 toughness uh, at the end of the day, it, it served him winning f fights, but it it didn't serve him at the end when it allowed him to take too much punishment. Uh, it condemned him to a world of uh, that he lives in right now. That's not a great world. But it reminded me a little bit of the Julio Chavez Meldrick Taylor fight, where you had Taylor throwing punches, a lot of punches, and you had Chavez landing and throwing only the telling punches real solid telling punches that were doing damage uh while taylor was you know throwing a lot of quick punches and 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 flash punches uh jocko was 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 kind of that he was very busy game but strickland again was more effective uh with his punches you know uh he he really he really impressed me uh the way he was never out of position or kind of like a little bit like the one of my 
pound for pound best right now in a way the Japanese world champion uh, Ken uh, several divisions he's won already uh, in a way we know he's a good punch and all that stuff but one of in a way's great strengths is he's always balanced he's always in position he doesn't waste anything and whenever he throws he's got his legs under him and that's kind of what I was impressed with Strickland he always had his legs under him he was always in position uh, always set to punch uh, I was uh, Jocko, Jocko showed a lot of heart uh, you know busy never stopped going never stopped trying but uh strickland was the man yeah well the next one up we had ian cuchalabra and dustin jacoby that one was interesting because of the pre-fight um hype at the weigh-in you know just recently one of the ufc cars one of the fighters was taken off he was shoved real hard and damaged something in his neck or his spine and at the weigh-in here, Cuchalabra grabbed Jacoby by the back of his neck real aggressively. And I was telling Rob, I was talking to Rob about this over the weekend. I say, at some point, the commission needs to say, listen, if you, if you can't not put your hands on the guy at, at the weigh-in, you, there has to be some repercussions. I mean, it, it's, it's just such a stupid thing to do. You're going to get in the ring and fight with this guy in less than 24 hours. You can do whatever you want to him in there within the rules. Why do you have to put your hands on them? Like, control yourself. Imagine if you went into your office and slapped one of your coworkers, which I'm sure a lot of people would like to do. At the end of the day, you're a professional fighter. You're going to get a chance to punch the guy in the face. 24 hours, you could punch him, kick him, elbow him. I don't know. I just get, it's just a bummer when you see people do that. It's like, uh, and I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, like as to why people do this. Like they can't control their like emotions. Nevertheless, they fought to a draw. Um, Interesting fight, a lot of back, lot of back and forth. Kuchalabra constantly taking down Jacoby. Jacoby was like, really didn't have any answer for that. He just tried to get back up. I mean, at one point in the first round, they went through the same sequence like five times. Take him down, struggle to his feet, same position. Take him down. It was like, you got to have more answers than that. But uh, what'd you think of that one? Well, first of all, to answer your first part of it, real quick, um, I always say the first fight, there's always a battle before the battle. Um, a prelim and a prelim is usually the weigh-in and then uh, the stare down and all that stuff because there's a psychological battle going on there and everyone's trying to get an edge some people what they're trying to do is intimidate a guy you know uh, Ali tried to do it by talking by acting the way he did uh, who knows maybe he intimidated the great tough great so I thought Sonny Liston was a great fighter um, a very misunderstood fighter and very mysterious fighter uh, about a lot of the things in that shadowy things in his life, uh, but uh, I thought he was a great fighter. And Ali, uh, some people think he might have taken a dive in that fight. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Or he just got beat by the great Ali. But or Ali intimidated him. Who knows? Because uh, Listen had said, Listen had said, you know, he was he was the bear. You know, Ali called him the bear. He named everybody, and he called him the bear, the big bear. And you know, uh, he was a guy that had done some prison time, and you know, he was uh, he was a scary figure. He stare at you with those with those those dark uh, would look like they were remorseless eyes. They were dark empty eyes it looked like and he would just stare at you and he broke a lot of guys down you know with his background with with his power with his size with his you know it was intimidating and um a lot of people a lot of people he he once he said after that fight or before that fight he said nothing scares me of course everyone's scared of something but he's saying nothing scares me 
And he had that image. He had that image that people would believe it. The only thing that scares me is a crazy man. And what did Ali do? He acted like a crazy man. <laughs> he, he acted like, a, and maybe that got to him. Maybe I don't know, but I'm putting it out there. And and so when it comes to some of this stuff, you're right. They got to be there. These guys are tough guys. These guys are strong. These guys are ferocious. I mean, these guys are. I mean, these guys are. Uh, they're they're like the football players, you know, that that are in the NFL. I mean, they're coiled wire. They're made out of coiled wire. They're they're bench pressing cars they basically bench press cars and and um you know these these guys i mean they're they're like projectiles with a helmet on some of them out there i mean they're they're running four threes uh they're bench pressing 500 pounds i mean these are these are dangerous guys and no different with the ufc guys these are guys that are all muscle dangerous uh trained skilled guys that are ready to take you apart uh, you gotta you're right you gotta be aware of what's going on in those moments with these guys and and they're coiled tight because first of all there's a lot of apprehension there's a lot of nervousness going on i don't care who you are you know you're going into that octagon you're nervous yeah there's apprehension and so they're 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 that as we say they're wired tight to begin with uh yeah sometimes they might do it because they think you're trying to intimidate them they're not going to let it go they're going to get the edge sometimes they're doing it they're trying strictly to intimidate you whatever it is but you have to be aware that these things can happen and that somebody could get hurt before they even get into place and you you do have to be aware of that as far as uh Kudalaba and Jacoby I thought it was a great fight Ken uh Part of what made it a great fight was that it almost wasn't a great fight. There was uh, it was almost a, a no contest where Kudalaba uh, dominated the first round, a ten eight round. Uh, you know he got the geography he needed in close. You talked about it on the mat where he could use his skills and his physical strength. You know he's he's very strong, and um, and he's strong and he's short and he's he's you know he, he's. He's like a little Hulk uh, in some ways. Do they call him Hulk? Yeah, Hulk. Yeah, so, Kuchalabra is the Hulk. Yeah, and you can see why. I mean, he's like uh, he's like a block of granite. You know what yeah. I mean? He's he's, uh, he, he's like a block of cement uh, in a athletic suit. <laughs> yeah. So he got the geography he wanted, where he could use that strength. Uh, then what happens? Jacoby showed great heart, and he comes back. Uh, standing and striking uh, and boy oh boy and I was talking about it I was saying you know what he it's geography again he can't be in close with this guy uh, on the floor in close where the guy can use his short arms to bang him around whether or take him to the mat but he needs to get full extension on his punches and guess what Jacoby started getting full extension on his punches and scoring big shots he, uh, he needed to extend his arms and he did he stretched out his arms, and he was catching the shorter, as we just said, shorter and um, stronger uh, Kudalipa. Uh, How do you pronounce it? Kuchalaba. Yeah, Kuchalaba. Kuchalaba. That's easy for you to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to see the person who says, hey, Coochie Coochie. I'd like to see that. I, you know what I mean? I'd like to see. I want to see that guy. That guy That guy could hang out with me anytime, you know, if he could get away with that. But anyway... So Kuchalaba, um, 
you know, he's got the short arms. You want to take advantage if, if you're Jacoby and use your long arms. Keep him at the end of your punches, basically. And that's what he did. And um, he, he started getting in charge a little bit. It was great. It was back and forth. I thought it was a great comeback, Ken, uh, for Jacoby. Uh, I think he earned the draw. Uh, it, it was close. That last round was close. Uh, you could argue and say, you know, uh, it could have it could have been even round. And then, of course, with the two point first round, then uh, Kuchalaba would have won, or could have even went to Kuchalaba. But it, I thought he earned the draw, uh, coming back in the second and third rounds, being disciplined, being tough, uh, making that change to. You know, to catch uh, to catch Kuchalaba on the end of his punches, I, I thought it was the right decision. I thought it was a tremendous fight. Yeah, excellent. Uh, brings us to the main event: Dominic Reyes and Yuri uh, Yuri Prohaka. Um, what an entertaining fight this was, man! Two big giant guys. Um, Prohaka basically took it to him. Third time ever spinning back elbow to win. Uh, one quick clarification: last week I said of. Um, Rose Namajunas that it was the eighth head kick knockout in UFC history. I meant to say eighth head kick knockout in a UFC title fight. The fans let me know that I was wrong. I'm sorry. I meant to say title fight. I missed the word. My fault. Uh, anyway, third time ever in UFC history. Sam, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One second. Hold on. I'm sorry. You got a fork. You got any more? <laughs> <I left. laughs> can, can you pass it over here, please? <laughs> pass it over to Tennessee, please. No, no. It's okay. Okay. So third spinning back elbow finish in UFC history. Yuri Prohaka knocked Dominic Reyes out cold. Very scary knockout. Reyes went down face first. Really looked scary there. Uh, glad to see Dominic got up and was okay. Walked out of the ring. But uh, what'd you see in that one? What'd you, th what'd you think? Brutally tough fight for Reyes. Um, you touched on it. You said it well. Um, Prochaska... Uh, Prochaska switches back and forth in stances from orthodox to southpaw makes him even more difficult but he's so physically strong and explosive and good puncher um, he really is he keeps coming he just keeps coming uh, it's like fighting the ocean you know I talk about that I use that analogy a lot of times it was, it's just like it's one wave after another and some waves are you know large uh, some late, you know, the average and mixed in with them is a large one every once in a while that just knocks you around, and that's kind of what he does. Uh, you know, you recover, and then all of a sudden there's another wave coming at you. Uh, but in between all the relentless attack uh, by Pachavka, uh there were counters by Reyes. I mean, give this guy credit. What a tough guy. He was still keeping his wits about him. He was still doing everything he could in in that wilderness in that chaos in that in that torrential rainstorm if you will uh, i mean he you know he didn't get over he wasn't he was doing his best not to get overcome by it and he was still countering and but and landing he actually heard him at one point he where it looked like uh it looked like Prochavka, uh Prochavka was was just going to dominate and then all of a sudden he hurts him uh i think it was with a straight left hand from the southport position if i remember correctly um but you know prasaska was able to survive that uh and then get back to doing what he was doing which was just being relentless and being physical and 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 just being damaging uh 
You know, I, I used the example earlier about Meldrick Taylor and Chavez. Maybe I should have used it here because that's kind of what it was almost in some ways where Reyes was throwing these counters, but it was like raindrops against your windshield after a while. You know, they were nice counters, don't get me wrong. But man, oh, they, they were just splashing off the windshield, uh, you know, except for that one left hand that did affect Prochavka. Um, but uh, when Prochavka... When he threw, they they weren't raindrops. They were they were hail. They were hail balls, like you talk about out west when you talk about those golf size of uh, balls of uh, of ice of hail. Uh, that's what they were. They weren't raindrops. They were they were hard. They were hard telling uh, solid punches. And uh, again, I give credit. I, I give credit to the winner, but I give credit to the loser that that Reyes was doing everything he could talk about Pona, wrap it out of the hat. He was looking for everything. And he was countering in between, doing the best he could. Matter of fact, he even got him on a mat at one point and almost had him in in, in, a, in a, a guillotine sort of hold yeah. where he, he came, you know, he came close to it. I mean, he, he obviously wasn't close enough because he didn't get it. I, I think a matter of fatigue, he was a little fatigued and he couldn't quite get his arm quite underneath that that chin obviously um kind of like when Poirier was with uh with Khabib where he came so close remember that Ken we he came so yeah, close of course. Uh, the uh, problem is know. I think Reyes he went for it like an arm in guillotine he didn't quite have both hands in there and it was like even when he dropped down for it the problem with that is like we've talked about before in training if you're being choked in that, you might just tap and start over again. No big deal. But in a fight, if you don't have it like secured tight, tight, like the guy's going to go to sleep, he's not going to tap from that. And I thought when Reyes did it, I was like, there's no way he's going to get that. And sure enough, he didn't, and he gave up the position. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But but to my point, he, he was always, always gallant. Well, they yeah. all are, most of them. But but he was always trying to come up with something. And he, he was, like I said, he hurt him with a left-hand stand in one time with the striking but um, but then at the end of the day, just the relentlessness, the power, the strength, um, you know, of uh, of of Prochavska, uh was there. But then I've seen guys throw away a punch, miss a, you know, purposely, where they use a setup punch. We see it all the time. Matter of fact, what did we do? What was it last week? Where I talked about. Where Usman knocked out Masvidal with the throwaway left hook, where you know he threw the left hook to distract him on the side, not really to land, but to distract him, and then bang, the right hand lands blind, and he doesn't have time to prepare his mind for the right hand. He gets knocked out. Well, uh, it's almost like that. Where uh, again, I've seen throwaway punches where it distracts a guy to set up for this follow-up punch, but I've never seen uh, a throwaway elbow uh <laughs> to to set up somebody for the following elbow and that's kind of what i saw you know he misses he misses the right elbow he gets him against the ropes he knows what to do the i always talk about the selection of punches in particular times in a fight is so important that's the genius of a great fighter that's the genius of a champion of a guy who's going to become something it really is it really is that you don't just throw any punches you know which punch to throw at the right time like the guy's leaning forward bang you know it's time to throw the uppercut you know or the guy's raising his arm bang it's time to go downstairs with the left hook uh, put water in the basement knowing what punch to throw at the right time I remember I talked to Pervekin about that when I first started training 
training him. Uh, the Russian, who we wound up winning a heavyweight title, and of course he he came back and he knocked out. He he won another uh, one of those interim belts uh, by knocking out Darian White. And then of course he got stopped in the rematch. Forty years old, or forty or forty something years old, whatever. But you know. I remember telling Perfecto when I started working with him, listen, you just throw punches. I'm going to teach you to throw the right punches at the right time. That's part of the science. And sure enough, this guy knew what to throw. Uh, Prochaska, he, Prochaska, uh, how do you pronounce it? Prochaska. Prochaska? Yeah. What do you take classes for these for these things? <laughs> I just listen to the I watch the fight and I'm listening to uh, the broadcasters and I'm assuming that no, they interviewed right. these guys. No, no, the I just thought are you starting <laughs> to spend more time like in the Eastern European countries? I oh, don't the know. Czech Republic, I mean, uh, great spot. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I figured you got your private jet, you could get on <laughs> it and you could shoot over there anytime you want for for an espresso. Yeah, right? got I a mean, special you know, room got, reserved at the Four Seasons in Prague. Well, that's uh, that's why you got these names. All right, so Prochaka. <laughs> Am I saying it right yep. now? Prochaka? Yeah. All right, so Prochaka. Um, next time I come over, I want to get some of that nice, strong coffee that you get when you come <laughs> back from the Czech. Uh, it's, it's, it's good stuff, just like that Turkish coffee. Really, really good, really, really strong. Um, but he knew what to throw. See, that's part of it, knowing your surroundings, being calm enough in an uncalm place, right? to be able to choose what punch should be thrown, in this case, what elbow should be thrown. He gets him up against the ropes or against the cage, so he knows that Reyes' options are limited, right? They're limited. He, he can't pull back. Think about it. I and People are saying, wow, I never thought of this. I hope I'm opening your eyes to some of those things. You guys are smart. You probably knew a lot of it yourself. But um, that's why it's the sweet science. Even in the UFC, it's about being cerebral too. It's about being calm. It's about making the right choice, the right decision in a millisecond. And here he's got him against the cage. He can't pull back, right? He, he, he's limited to his mobility because you got him pinned there. So what do you do? You come in there with a tight punch, in this case, a tight elbow. Because, again, it's not like he can pull back two feet and make you miss. Uh, like Ali used to pull back and pull his head back outside the ropes. And you throw a big left hook like Joe Frazier, and, and it would miss sometimes. It landed sometimes. But it would miss sometimes because Ali pulled his head back. Well, you can't do that. There's a cage behind you. So I give a lot of credit uh, to Puchavka for understanding that and comes in there and he throws the right elbow, and it, it misses. It doesn't really land. But what does it do? It causes a reaction. It causes now Reyes's eyes and whole head to follow him over to that side, to now follow that, that in that direction. And then he spins around and comes from the other direction with, with a spinning back left elbow and knocks him dead. I mean, it was really, you think about it, it was more than just brutality. It was more than just brute strength. It was more than just ferociousness. Uh, and, 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 you know, it was a lot more than that. It was well planned. It was set up really well. And I'll tell you something that wound up working against him, uh, him being Reyes, that kind of wound up being a co-conspirator to his demise, his own guts. Yeah. His own guts, his own toughness, his own gameness. Because he was so game, he was already hurt, he was already disoriented a little bit, taking the punishment that he had been taking. And Reyes 
the second that that elbow missed him, Reyes follows him, looks at him there, and starts to open up to go after him because that's how game he is. Another guy might have stayed covered and said, freak this. <laughs> freak this. I, I ain't trying to catch him. I'm just going to protect myself. And he might not have got caught with that elbow. But him, no. He starts to go after him because that's what he is. That's his nature. That's what he is. He, 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 he's a fighter. He's, he ain't going down uh, without fighting. He's going out on his shield. And what does he do? He starts to go after him. And as he starts to go after him, he opens himself up. The elbow comes from the other side, knocks him cold. So that, that's what I saw. I, I didn't just see an elbow landing. I saw all of that with it. I saw a guy that knew what to throw, knew what choice to make uh, in Provchavka, and, and I saw a guy who was too game for his own good, started to retaliate, even though he was all busted up, started to try to come back instead of just stay safe, and, and he left himself open for the elbow that came uh, around the side uh, with the left elbow. And uh, this is a guy... This is a guy uh, that's only going to get better, you would think, uh, for Chavka. This is a guy on the rise, and, and that has a lot of ability. Sounds like he may get Jan Blahovic next in a title shot, uh, Czech Republic versus Poland, next-door neighbors. So that will be interesting. Um, that brings – that was a good – I thought that the UFC card was excellent. Um, let's talk about Billy Joe Saunders against Canelo this coming weekend. Let's talk preview that fight. Uh, before we do, want to give a quick shout-out to MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 100% credit on your first deposit, up to $1,000. So you deposit it, you deposit $1,000, they will match you $1,000, and you'll have two grand to play with. Check them out, MyBookie.ag. Um, Teddy, what are you looking for in the Canelo Saunders fight? I think that... Listen, everyone's probably excited about it. Hey, listen, it'll be good. The guy's dirty and all right. Saunders, he's got a belt, right? He's undefeated. He has, and as I used to always say, he hasn't learned how to lose yet. Um, you know, he's got all that going for him. Um, and, and we all want to see Canelo in a real fight, you know, tested. Not with these ridiculous mandatories that are, you know, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's, you know, it's a joke that you wonder how did they become a mandatory and then you realize, oh, I know how. I think that he's been very, very smart, Canelo. I don't know if people realize with Mayweather, and I'm not talking about when he fought him, but Mayweather, part of what made Mayweather so magnificent, so great, was he was a great fighter, great defensive fighter. Uh, great instincts, reflexes, uh, technique, but also, and toughness when he had to be tough, but also he was very smart manager. He picked his spots, especially later in his career. He really did, Ken. He picked his spots, really. It's not a knock. I'm just pointing stuff out. Uh, it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's, I'm giving him credit for that. You know, he, he was smart enough to pick the right fights. And I think Canelo's doing the same thing. I think he's picking the right fights. I mean, uh, you know, he in Saunders, he hits the triple from a business standpoint. You know, great undefeated record. I just talked about it. He has one of the belts. I talked about that. And he sells also to an audience, a great audience over in London, England. He sells to a great audience in Europe across the pond, you know, where we, we have all the people that we love over there. Um, uh, it sells over there. And... I also think it's a great matchup for Canelo from a physical standpoint. As far as ability and style, 
number one, there's nothing Saunders does better or as good as Canelo. That's number one. There's nothing. There's not one area you say, yeah, he does this better. I could kind of wrap my head around this that, you know, I'm going to go to my bookie and make a bet. Um, uh, no. Uh, number two, he doesn't have one great area where he excels or has special ability. And what I mean by that, it's not one area where you could, he's, he's a great puncher, one area where he's got great speed, one area where he's got great elusiveness. Uh, listen, he's technically solid. The best thing you can say about, uh, about Crawford, I mean about Saunders, is that there's not one area he's, re he's really bad in. That's, that's a good compliment. There's not one area he's really bad in, but there's not one area he's great in. And I think to beat Canelo at this point, you might have to be, if not great, you might have to be very good in one area, uh, better than him. You might have to be very good in one area. Uh, kind of... It's kind of been shown a little bit. You know, Mayweather, of course, was Mayweather, and it was a while ago. And then, of course, Lara in that fight. Lara was very slick, very good, very slick. And a southpaw, too. Uh, and, 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 of course, Saunders is a southpaw, too. He's got that going for him. But, uh, and, and Lara gave Canelo trouble. Now, Canelo's gotten better since then. But a lot of people thought, quite frankly, that... Uh, Lara won that fight. So it was very close. And, um, you know, the Golden Goose was not going to lose a decision, not as long as the people that run boxing run boxing because they they know where their bread is butter, butted and uh, they know, you know, follow the money. I mean, that, there's truth to that. There's truth to that. But it was a close fight. And I, again, Saunders, nothing, nothing he does better than Canelo. He doesn't have one great area where he excels or has, you know, really sp special ability. He's not a big puncher. You know, he, he's, he's, he's a good, technically solid fighter. That's, that's what he is. But he's not a ghost in the ring. He's not impossible to find. Um, you know, he's not, it's not like his finesse is so great. Like I said, like a Mayweather or something uh, that, that you're going to, you know, you're going to fall all over the place trying to hit him. Uh, he isn't funnier. And I think that bodes well, uh, maybe perfect for Canelo because he's in front of you. That means that, for me, Canelo can use his jab. He's got a nice, accurate, strong jab now. He can use his jab to kind of stabilize Canelo, who's going to probably try to box on the outside uh, and try to do things, you know, using his legs a little bit. Um, but again, he doesn't do any of those things at such a high level that it's going to present a huge problem for Canelo. Canelo's going to be able to use his jab, even if it's to the chest. He's going to use his jab to stabilize Saunders, keep him a little bit around, so to speak. Stay around. I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see you a little later. Stay around. Don't get far away. And, and then, being that he's always in front of you sooner or later, you're going to have a chance to go to the body, which, of course, is one of the fortes uh, for Canelo. He goes to the body really well. And I think that's what's going to turn the fight for him, is that he's going to use his jab, he's going to be, have a chance to, again, he, he's not fighting a guy who's got scintillating speed, you know, power that could just, you know, take you out with one shot, or elusive ability that's going to frustrate you all night. Uh, he's a nice, solid guy, does everything pretty, pretty damn good. But I think it, to be Canelo at this point in his career, it's going to take a guy who 
does one of those things better than he does. And I don't think that's Saunders. Um, I don't think that's Saunders. Uh, like I said, he's not a big puncher, you know. He's not slow, but he's not speedy, you know. He's solid technically, but like I said, he's not a real cutie uh, or a ghost where you can't find him. You know, he's a decent, solid guy. Um, and I think that Canelo, again, has picked the right guy. I, I, I think from a business standpoint, you know, because people are going to say, oh, yeah, he can win. He's 30, you know, he's, he's a southpaw, which, which that's good. That, that is an advantage. He is a southpaw. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that uh, got a belt. He's got his own belt. So that must mean something. Well, it means his pants won't fall down, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I just at the end of the day, I think that uh, Canelo will deal with the Saunders movement early on, uh, you know, and his, the approach that Saunders is going to bring. Um, like I said, I think he's going to use his jab, Canelo. I think he'll stabilize Saunders until he can find them with other punches, whatever they are, uh, set the table until he finally goes to eat. And um, for me, I want to see Canelo, before we anoint him, which people are doing as, as, you know, putting him on the Mount Rushmore fighters, before we go and do that, uh, I want to, before we use that big word, great, we use it kind of fast sometimes, before we do that, I, I'd like to see him fight something, a little, for me, guys in the, that have the abilities in some of those departments to better Canelo, that they can do at least one of those things better than Canelo. I want to see him fight one of those guys, like Benavides. Benavides is a big, strong guy. And I, I'd rather see him fight Benavides, to be honest, if he's going to stay in the 168-pound class. I'm, I'm not saying Benavides is perfect technically, but he's a big, strong, undefeated guy. And I'd like to see a uh, confident guy. And um, is he undefeated Benavides? I believe he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see, I know he had something that, something in his career that was a little fudgy, but um, I don't know if it was a, a draw or, or not a draw, but a, I thought maybe it was a no contest. Song. No, he was stripped of his title for a um, drug charge. Oh, the, uh, oh, that's what it was. That's what, yeah. I think he tested positive for illicit drugs, like recreational drugs, cocaine maybe. Yeah. And he got stripped well, of his title, he but he's like, that. I mean. No, he, he's a big, strong guy. And and I I would be more. 24-0 with 21 knockouts. Yeah, I'd be more prone to give, to be more excited about seeing that matchup. Or, again, if you're going to. Before you're going to anoint him, you know, as, as great, let me see him with better BF. Let him go back to the 175 pound class, right? Uh, he went up there, right? He, he knocked out Kovalev, uh, a little bit of a shop one Kovalev, maybe more than a little bit. But I'd like to see him, let him go fight better BF. Let him fight Bevel. Uh, then, you know, then you're talking to me about, you know, guys that can do something better than him. 
whether it's punch better, whether it's whatever it is, whatever it is. Maybe Bevo could box. I think I saw a clip of Canelo saying he's done at 175. I think that was an opportunistic time. Yeah, uh, t- no, opportunistic sure thing he saw. Kovalev figured I could jump up, grab a light heavyweight title, a legitimate belt, and move back down and add another weight class title to his resume. That's that. I don't. I don't think that there's any chance in hell that you see him. At, no, I don't. Not either. with those guys. Not with those guys. Bevo no, not with them there. No, not unless something else came that came came and took one of those belts that made sense again for him to be smart and say, "Hey, this fight suddenly makes sense." But listen, I'll throw these guys at you then. Let's stay away from the light heavyweights. Um, let's go down to the middleweights. Um, I I know this fight had never happened either, but I'd be more impressed again uh, and more interested to see the outcome. If uh, what's his name Andrade was to fight him now, I know Andrade don't have a good style. He's he's not going to get paid against Andrade. He's undefeated. He's you know he's a guy who's an Olympian. He's a talented guy. Um, he's got a long reach. He's got a very unorthodox style. Uh, he he'd be a difficult. He would be a difficult style, and and it would be something that it's kind of like dealing with Rubik's cube. You know where you have to figure that cube out. He'd have to figure that out. And uh, I, I would be interested to see that. To me, that would be more of a test than we're getting right now in 168 pounds if he's staying away from Benavides. And I'll throw another guy at you if you need another guy. I'll throw Charlo, the oh, 160 I'd pounds. i see that one. Um, I, I'll throw that at you. You know, again, uh, I, those are the ones that, there's a chance that they can do something better than Canelo. And that, in my book, in Teddy Atlas's book, that gives them a chance to win. That makes the fight a fight for, that I'm interested in watching and saying, hey, now we're going to now we're gonna see. You know, um, I, I, think, I think Saunders is probably a tougher fight maybe than Khalid planned to be because that would be his next one up on the on the dance schedule, right? On the dance card. Uh, if, if he gets past Saunders, uh, it figures to be plant. And I think Saunders is probably a little more physical, a little bit, probably a little bit, a little bit better than plant. Very similar. The plant's good. Technically good box. He's very confident. He's got a belt, you know, he's undefeated. Um, but I think he, I think he comes up. I think he comes up a little light, uh, in the areas that you can't be light if you're going to beat Canelo. Um, so that's what I see. Well, let me ask you this. The odds are at my book, he's got Canelo at minus 700, Saunders plus 500. Do you like Canelo enough to lay 700? No. No, I, I mean, unless uh, unless Joe Lewis or Rocky Marciano come back um, or, or uh, you know, those kind of guys, uh, I, I, I'm not comfortable with too many guys laying 700. Uh, and now it sounds like I'm contradicting myself. I get it. I just say, I, listen, I think that Canelo picked the right guy. I think he has the upper hand in all the areas. I think he wins the fight. Does that mean that I think that he walks right through him? No. No. I didn't say that. I didn't say he just, you know, walks right through him. But um, I, I think he wins. But am I willing to lay... What is it, 700 you said or 800? Minus 700 uh, on Canelo, you yeah, get plus 500 yeah. on Saunders. Listen, if I was forced to bet, if I had a gun to my head, I'd lay the money before uh, thinking that I... I agree. I, 
I, I'm going to win that fight, to, to be honest with you, because how is, first of all, he's got two problems, Saunders. He's got two opponents. One is the opponent of just straight up Canelo, where he's got to beat that talent. And I don't know that he's got the talent to beat that. All right, so that's number one. Um, but then number two, he's got to beat the judges in the system. So he's got to win by stoppage to win. He's not going to get a decision in Texas. And, he, and even if he wins by stoppage, he might get disqualified. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Well, let me, I mean, let me ask you this then. I mean, are they going to let the Golden Goose just uh, get beat like that? I don't think so. I mean, come on. He's... He's nah, too it, important. It's very, very unlikely he wins a decision under any circumstances. But over under 10.5, over minus, seven, m minus 170, under plus 145. What do you like in the over? I think, it's tr I think it's trending towards an over. I think that, that they're smart. Uh, those people know what they're doing. You got to lay 170 if you're going to take the over. I think it's trending towards that. Uh, would, I want, would I feel good laying 170? Not great. Not great because I think there's a chance that Canelo could catch Saunders in a body. Yeah. I think there's a chance he could catch him a well-placed body shot before. What is what's the, what is it, seven uh, rounds? My, uh, ten and a half. Oh, ten and a half. Wow. So I think there's you got ten and a half rounds to land a body shot that maybe, maybe takes Saunders out. You know what? Um, what are you getting back? Plus, on one, the under? plus 145. Yeah. Uh, uh. I mean, I might play around as a flyer and, and take an under. I don't really feel like laying a 170 for anything significant. So I might put a, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple bucks on the on the under, you know. Well, there you um, have it. Check it out. MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 100% credit up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Teddy, before we sign off, just want to get your thoughts. Uh, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, this one seems to be like the never-ending saga. Allegedly, they've got a $150 million uh, site fee lined up in Saudi Arabia. Eddie Hearn seems to be the one doing all the, all the work. And Look, we obviously have no dog in this fight, but it seems to me like Eddie Hearn's over there running around all over the globe trying to get deals done, and Bob Arum is just sniping him from the sidelines in Vegas, just con constantly saying the deal is dead, and Eddie's saying, Bob, if you've got another site fee lined up, please step forward. I don't know if he's got a like 2300 arena in Philly in his back pocket for a site fee or something, but it seems like Eddie Hearn's trying to get it done. And I think it will get done. I think it's just, I don't know, gamesmanship or what that they're trying to play, but curious to see what happens here. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, listen, if the money's there, it's going to happen, I think, at the end of the day. You know, just like Pacquiao and Mayweather happened, nobody thought it would happen, you know. It happened too late. It happened five years too late to be a competitive fight. But, um, you know, when, when the money's there, you know, these guys get, Don King and Bob Arum got together for fights when the money was there. Nobody thought that would ever happen, you know. Uh, ever so um you know these guys they do what they got to do uh when the money's there when the, when the money's at that at the place where obviously it makes sense for them it's all about the money uh you know i don't think that's too harsh or unfair to say you know and aram you know aram's getting close to 90 years old so um you know i don't i don't know if I don't know what he's going to do with all that money. I don't think they have pockets in that place that he's, they're going to wind up putting them. I don't think there's any wallets in those uh, in those coffins the last I checked. I don't think you could take it 
Um, so I don't know, but he he's he's probably gonna, you know, I mean for Aram, Aram always wants to have the upper hand, uh, but I think it's it's still to come down to the. You know, he, it's the money and the power. You want to have the upper hand in, in different parts of the promotion, too. Like when Hagler was, and and uh, the great Hagler, the great Hagler, and the great Sugar Ray Leonard, when they were getting ready for that fight, Mike Trainer was the lawyer for, for, for Leonard. He was very smart. Um, once the money got figured out, uh, there was other things that had to be figured out too, the size of the ring and just, just things to give your guy an edge, to have control, who's going to control, you know, who's going to control the rights, the foreign rights, these rights, those rights. You know, it's about, it does come down to power too, you know, not just money. Like I said, Aaron's got all the money in the world, but, and, you know, I guess that old saying is never enough money for, you know, I guess for some people, a lot of people, not just some people, there's never a lot of, never too much money. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it is also about power, you know, and about having the edge and having control over the promotion or different aspects of the promotion that goes into it, you know, with the foreign rights, with this, with that. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's kind of like when I talk about in the ring. It's not just about landing that punch. It's the science that goes by. The guy calm enough to think under those circumstances to select the right punch and the right trajectory and the right time to throw it there's a lot that goes into landing a punch there's a lot that goes into these things that you know a lot of people say well the money's there that's it well no this it's not it it's not it there's still all the battles that that are important to these guys like i said uh that have to be fought uh that have to be uh dealt with you know to have those edges to have that power so um you know so at the end of the day at the end of the day, um, I, I think it'll I think it'll be made just like it eventually got made for Pacquiao and uh, and Mayweather because you know the the money will be there and if the rest of it they get figured out uh, and Saudi Arabia of course makes sense because you know there's a lot of money out there you know and and right now uh, with the COVID stuff going on there's not too many places you can have a full audience although it's starting to come back now. Canelo's going to be in front of 70,000 fans in Texas next week. Eddie Hearn's putting yeah. on a cre an incredible show down there in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Well, there it is. That's, I mean, can you imagine 70,000 people? I mean, especially now, what, what that's going to be like coming back where for the last year, over a year, you, you couldn't, uh, you know, they were telling you you couldn't go in your backyard for a barbecue, and now you could go to a place where there's 70,000 people? Wow. Wow, wow, USC wow. did Jacksonville. They've got they've got a show in Texas coming up, and then they've got Dustin and Connor in Vegas July 10th. Rob and I will definitely be at that event. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, listen, at this point, if you haven't been vaccinated, the vaccine's avail available to everyone everywhere. If you haven't got the vaccine and you're nervous, stay home, but we're moving on without you. It's time to like get back, get back to normal. No, you're right. You're right. Good advice. Well said. And um, last thing I'll say with Aram is, you know, he's getting close to 90. But like, you know, I was joking around like you can't take the money with you. What I really what I really mean with that, and, and uh, I guess hopefully people understand it, is that it comes to other things too. Listen, some people, it never changes. It's just about the money. But you would think that at this point, it's also about his legacy. I know he's already got a great legacy, you know, 70 years, 60 years in the business, all that stuff, all the big fights that he's been involved with, with Ali, with Foreman, you know, with all these with all these great fighters. Um, but, you know, you would think that 
at this point, he'd want to be involved in maybe the biggest fight ever because there could be that. Even though, even though uh, you know, there's been so many big ones, and of course, Sugar um, Pacquiao and and Mayweather was unbelievable, and then of course you had the crossover fights, but those are different as far as pure boxing fights. Uh, the 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 enormity, the I mean, just the universe that 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 Mayweather Pacquiao fight, you know, encompassed uh, of money and everything else of full reach was incredible. This fight could could top that. This fight could top that. Um, you know, that's how big this fight could be uh, for the heavyweight title because there's still something. Myst- there's a mystique. There's something special still about, you know, the, the heavyweight title, the baddest man on the planet, all that stuff. There's still some power to that. And maybe Aram says, hey, yeah, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want that to be uh, on my ledger, you know, too. And it's for, and not only that, it's for every single belt imaginable. Uh, Tyson Fury has the ring, ring Magazine belt and the WBC, and uh, Anthony Joshua has all the others. Yeah. And this is an opportunity to put them all on one person. No, you, you, that's what I'm saying. Uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Last thing I want to just throw in there. Did you see the Ryan Garcia commercial? I, I think that uh, I had to mention that. Uh, tequila tequila uh, yeah. commercial. Yeah, during the undercard of the um, Ruiz, yep. uh, the Ru- Ruiz and Ariola fight. You know, it, it, it's funny, you know. Um, obviously was shot before the recent issues that he's had, right? Yeah, he did that. Um, I'm pretty sure he did that deal prior oh no, to course. the last fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, they, of but course. They, but, yeah. but I'm just saying, the point I'm making is it, it gives you a glimpse of how dramatically his life, his world had changed, you know, doing commercials, you know, uh, after he won that Campbell fight, that he jumped to that place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It goes to show you the pressure that he... I, I know it's good pressure. A lot of people are going to say, Teddy, please, I don't want to hear it. But it's still pressure, and it's still changing your life, and it's still changing your world. And you, so it's just a reminder of how dramatically his world, you know, his world changed, um, you know, and and there's very few fighters doing commercials, Ken. Yeah. I mean, there's none. Canelo, Canelo was doing that commercial, but um, the, and of course uh, UFC, you got McGregor. Of course, he's a whole different different ball game. But very few fighters get commercials, and here he is, a young kid, 23 years old, getting opportunities to do commercials and stuff. Uh, again, a lot suddenly appeared on his plate, and um, changed his life. And again, uh, we just hope he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Hope he is. Hope he's. Hope he comes back strong. I'm sure he will. Um, well, Teddy, that was a lot packed into this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks for doing it. Um, you got anything before we sign off? Yeah, just um, I got plenty of humble pie. If anybody wants to join me, I, <laughs> I, I still got some left over here. I'll try to get the rocks out of it, uh, the pieces of glass. I'll try to remove all that for you because I'm I'm not quite that mean. Um, and, and I'd be glad to share it with any of you out there. And listen, I appreciate all you guys out there, good and bad, the uh, uh, whatever. You're watching us. Uh, you're, you're there. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. Ken appreciates you. Rob appreciates you. We do. Um, and I, 
I appreciate you, Ken and Rob. You know, his girlfriend, his fiance, he's going to be his wife soon. Uh, allow me to disrupt their romantic dinner last night. Oh my God, what an idiot! My wife said, "You're an idiot. What are you doing? What are you doing?" I said, "I don't know." I'm, I told him not to answer, but he's answering. Uh, you know, and and he's a good guy. I don't know. And um, and then you on your birthday. Just have a great rest of the day, Ken. Enjoy your birthday. Enjoy your beautiful family. And uh, God bless. Thanks, Teddy. And thanks to DynamicStrikingPrivacy.com and my bookie for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. See you next week.